0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Educated Guest Podcast. I'm Justin, your host. If this is your first time joining, this is a podcast for all the kids and all the adults who wish they went to art school. What the hell does that even mean? That means we're here catering to every single artist in the community, freelancer, entrepreneur, anybody in the space, looking to overcome the hurdles that are inevitable in this career path. I'm back here today to talk about a little bit of process, stuff that I've learned throughout the years, stuff that I'm still learning today. I think you'll find pretty, pretty valuable. Check it out. Hey, what's up, people? This is Justin again, back. We're here to talk today about the to-do list, about why it sucks, why it's not helping you, why and how I learned it doesn't help me, and what we can do in place of the to-do list. First point I want to make is that this concept of a to-do list has nothing to do with any sort of productivity study whatsoever. None that I know of and none that I've seen in practice. The to-do list is not only a bad idea for creatives, it's also a bad idea for non-creatives. And if you heard any podcasts about in the past, you'll know that I think that everyone holds creativity within them because creativity is honestly, in my opinion, the never-changing, never-relenting, curiosity that we automatically have as human beings when we're brought into the world. So what is it about the to-do list that makes it so bad? Why do I disagree with it? Why do I think there are better alternatives? And why do I think you should stop doing it right now? The first thing is that if a to-do list were truly effective and you measured it in terms of completion being success and non-completion being failure, how many of you listening currently Have done a to do list in the past 30 days and can honestly say that out of all of those 30 days that you had a to do list, you completed all of the items on your to do list every single one of those days. And if you had to count the win percentage, i.e., 100% completion is success and non completion is failure, anything in between is failure. How often are you succeeding and how often are you failing at this very task? So the thing about to-do lists is that people often don't know how to narrow down, prioritize, and ultimately say no to things. And when I say people, I'm going to start with me, because that's probably the thing I've had to learn over the years, over and over again, being, by being slapped in the freaking face all the time with all these things that naturally curious people want to do and be involved with. And what do we do? We say yes to the person that asks us to do it. We say yes to that new project and we add it to our to-do list. Now, many of you listening know that I have a background in product development and design and content strategy. I also have a huge background in music. Again, we can talk about it at a later date. Nonetheless, I know what it's like to have an innumerable amount of things in your quote-unquote backlog to do. So let me ask you, how often are you adding things to the to-do list for the week? And, the, and i was talk about it like this. Most people's to-do list looks something like this. They'll walk in there on Monday. And instead of day. I'll say we, because I've been there before. We'll walk in on Monday with very specific things in mind to do for the week that benefit us, that we know we want to do, we know we need to do. We know if it doesn't get done, we'll feel bad about ourselves when Friday rolls around. But that first Monday meeting hits, and whoever we're working for, working with, or managing, we got a task that relates to them. So now we add that to our to-do list. Check in on XYZ. What what happens to that list? Sure, that's one thing. Cool, we'll do it today. In fact, we don't even say we'll do it today because we know that it's not a success unless it gets done. So we got to do it ASAP. So this works when you have small problems. But as we talked about before, the more successful we get, problems don't go away. They just get bigger. They compound and they grow. Which is a good thing to have happen because if you are built for success if in whatever field, specifically creative ventures, you will understand how to deal with small problems and you'll understand that that also applies to big problems because problems are nothing but a reflection of your situation. Big problems means you have big success. Small problems mean you have small success. So let's get back to this to-do list. And walking through what it looks like, why it's wrong, and what we're doing in alternatives. So, again, it's Monday, one thing. Tuesday, two things. Cool, we're still, we're knocking stuff out. But we're a busy person. We know that projects come up. We know that Wednesday we have a big client meeting. We know we have to check in with three of our prospective clients. We know that we have four extra people that we need to talk to. That are having some sort something to do with a side project we're working on. We know that this other unpaid client is good pro bono work, so that we can have that going on. So we add that all to the do list to do list on Wednesday. Little did we know we have our own five things that we started off the week to do. So now we have about fifteen things on the to do list all on Wednesday. So what happens? We get through about seven of those. So now we carry over in product terms, this is called technical debt. We carry over about seven or eight items that are outstanding because we know that, hey, we'll we'll get to them tomorrow. We'll get to them the next day. We'll get to them on Friday, whatever the case is. Next thing you know, this process never stops because you keep carrying over items. The key here is not to carry over tasks to the next day. You should be able to go to sleep. We should all be able to go to sleep knowing that we made that incremental, consistent push towards our goal. And I've talked about this over and over again about this concept of getting 1% better every single day. I've mentioned where that that comes from. You might want to check on some other podcasts that I've done as it relates to that topic. But this 1% rule is essential when it comes to getting things done. Step into the moment every single day Don't take on 20 different things. Don't take on 25 different things. Take on an amount of things. Some people may say three. Some people say five. Some people say seven. Some people say one. Take on, find your number for the day. Take on that amount of stuff to do and commit to yourself that when you start the day, that's what's on your list that's due that day. It's not a success unless you complete them. Anything in between is a failure. Do not, you don't get extra credit. You don't get partial credit. It's pass or fail. When you wake up the next day, you find a new list. What this does is it creates this idea of positive momentum. It creates tons and tons of positive reinforcement that you are making noticeable changes in not only what other people request that you do, but also your own goals. I get this from a number of places. Andy Frisella talks about it. Tony Robbins talks about it. Uh, Who else talks about something like this? Ken Chenault, American Express CEO. I think he actually just stepped down recently. Bill Gates. Everyone has not a to-do list, but a task list. They set their day with intention instead of reaction. I've found a way to do the same for me, and I'll talk about that in a second. But we're talking about right now, just to summarize the last five minutes or so. To do lists are bad for a number of reasons. First reason is. You're never going to complete all the items on your list. You will be negatively reinforced going into every single day. The second thing is that you have absolutely no intention for the week or the day, or the month, or the year, and you're always in reaction mode. Entrepreneurship doesn't always have to be reactivity. Whether you have client work or you have a product that's in development, you're not always having to react if you set your day with intention. So that's number one. And number two, reasons why the to-do list should die onto what we can do in place of it, right? So I don't like dwelling on what's so bad about this thing, and it's not really a good tactic. But I'm going to talk to you about a couple of things. Number one, what do I do every day? And number two, what have I read about? And what are some other tactics that might work for other people? So number one is that I have a bit of a slight change to Andy Priscilla's Powerless program, right? So when you read about this power list, he talks about five things you need to do every day, build the habit 30 days in, it's creating a habit, take one thing off your list, add to you know, that sort of thing. And you can read about that more on his podcast, his blog, his website, all that good stuff. But I've found a unique technique that works for me and I think would work for most creatives in, in any field, in, in, whether it's product, whether it's design, whether it's music, I find that we have a lot a lot of random tasks, and we don't like to think in terms of tasks because we like to think think freely. But I want to challenge that concept, and you'll hear in some upcoming guests episodes that I have on in the in the queue right now that there are precedences that are set that are necessary standards to operate within, that create the freedom to create. I know that's a mouthful. But basically, as Jocko Willink says, discipline equals freedom. So the more discipline structure you have to the way that you work, the more free you are to create everything that you love. And for me, that looks something like this. Monday morning, really Sunday night, I always think about my day on Monday morning as five tasks. The first task that never changes, that always stays the same. I actually do not remove this because it's essential to, honestly, anyone who's taking on any sort of freelance, entrepreneurial, or any sort of attempt at setting their life with intention and design is some sort of gift to yourself. I use the miracle morning technique, the savers technique, where I give myself 15 to 45 minutes every single morning, whether that means I wake up at 630 or 7.30, depending on how late I went to sleep the night before, I make sure that the day is not a win unless I wake up and throughout the day give myself the gift of some sort of visualization, some sort of journaling, some sort of exercise, some sort of affirmation, some sort of meditation or prayer, and something that I've read that fills my brain with some new knowledge. This is essential. If I'm not doing this it's not a win because I'm not growing personally. I'm simply just getting stuff done, I'm not really growing, I'm not reaching new heights. And I'm not really, you know, actually compounding what I'm doing. So, that's the first thing I always do. The next way that I split my day up cuz I do 5 things per day and that's a win for me. And that might not sound like a lot to most people. But it's what you do in those five things that makes you set your day with intention. Knowing that you have five tasks that might take you seven hours, might take you three hours, or might take you 12 hours, sets your day with intention. So here's how I break it up. Two of those tasks, and this goes back to a very, very simple concept that often exists and comes up in startup development. A lot of uh, software companies use the same thing, really any small business. Is that when you only have a couple employees, and in this case, as a musician, as a designer, as a freelancer, uh, as a consultant, whether you're a coach, whether you're a freaking art director, creative director, whatever you are, you're either doing one of two things. You're either building or you're selling. When it comes to, a good example is if you're making, if you're a producer, I'm a producer as well. So I'm either spending five hours in the studio making beats and either you have a manager, out there selling for you or you have a publicist or whatever you have, in most cases these days, given social media and the technique we have, the access we have to distributed content, I'm my own publicist. I'm my own manager at this moment. So I can't spend 15 hours in the studio writing, producing, da 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 I have to give some amount of time and I choose to split my time in half towards building, building and selling. So what does this actually look like? You're talking about building, building selling. All right, cool. Like, I am just want to write songs. I just want to, like, work in Photoshop. I don't want to work in Illustrator, After Effects. I'm in, the, I'm in Creative Cloud all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you mean. I'm in there as well. But I'm able to be in there with intention and know, with some sort of structure because If you're in there day after day after day after day, you will reach a point, because I have, where you are in the studio for 21 days straight and you pop your head up and you got four or five songs and you think you're the man. But really, you look back at it and your friend down the street or somebody already released an album or somebody already released a video or somebody already released the pictures they edited or somebody already got this new gig that you wanted to get because you didn't pitch it, but you were waiting to get your skills tight. All because you spent 100% of your time building and 0% of your time selling. Or I've been in the opposite side where you'll be at all the events. You'll go to every panel discussion. You'll go and meet and greet everybody for coffee. You'll go and talk to everybody and anybody at any DJ set. You'll have all the friends in the world. But when it's time to sit down in the studio when it's time to sit down for the gig, when it's time to present your portfolio, you either have three beats, you have one song you wrote two months ago, you have one picture that you edited, you have a couple of photo shoots you've done in the past three or four months. You don't have much to show because you spent 100% of your time selling and 0% of your time building. Or maybe it's more like 90-10. The point I'm making here is that not only is it important to build your consistent daily patterns, it's important to build those patterns with intention and to know what the hell you're even trying to do. So, what do I do? My typical Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday might look something like this. Monday, I already know I'm waking up at seven something, probably seven a.m. on a on a regular basis, and I'm hopping straight into my routine that gives my spiritual, mental, and physical self its thanks. And it's due time. The next thing I'm doing is that my list might look something like this. I'll have four hours dedicated to a song. That means I need to be in the studio, no Wi-Fi on, no checking the phones, no nothing. I'm in Logic. I've got my microphone, I've got my keyboard, I've got maybe my iPhone notes app out. Four hours, no contact, no nothing, I'm locked in. That's really being locked in. And that's good for those of you who can do that. And that's good that I'm learning to develop that skill as well. But that's not the only thing I do that day. I'll also spend an hour or I'll make sure that I I do it as a complete task where I'll say, Literally on a piece of paper, and many of you have seen pictures on my Instagram of this very task, where I will write out, spend four hours in the studio, edit five photos from last photo shoot, and place in Google Drive. Cool. Those are my two building tasks. It doesn't seem like much. But when I'm doing this every single day, it's not a one plus one. It's not one plus one plus one plus one plus one. It's one times one. It's it's a Fibonacci sequence. It's building upon itself. So by the end of the week, I've already built 13. I'm at 13 while you're still just at seven because I've been doing the consistent effort. That's the benefit of the Fibonacci sequence. Obviously, if you haven't read on that, you wouldn't understand what that actually means. But the point is, I'm already moving towards that goal because I'm doing the daily sequence. Cool, so that's building. That's one day of base, very basic building. Another example of the other half of that, because my day still isn't complete, is that I spend two tasks on my list making sure that I'm selling. So what is selling? Is that calling somebody and pitching my music to somebody? No, that's not every day. Selling is something like following up with an email. So all those people you met over the weekend that said, hey, bro, I'm going to send you my music, I'm going to send you this, I'm going to send you that, Put it on your list as one task. Oh, Monday is follow-up day. So on that third task, again, or excuse me, that fourth task, again, I did my morning routine, which includes exercise, meditation, and journaling, that sort of thing. Something to give thanks to your spiritual and physical and mental health. The second thing is always related to building. The third thing is always related to building. The fourth thing, it's always re- related to selling. So that means I'm sending an email. I'm making a phone call. I'm attending an event. I'm going to talk to someone. I'm reconnecting with somebody. I'm setting up a meeting for later in the week. I'm following up on the... That's what that is. And the last thing is same thing. I do two tasks towards selling, two tasks toward building. So by the end of the day, the reason why you will end up being up until 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m. it's not because you were searching through Pinterest, not because you were finding your mood board on Tumblr, not because you were pitching ideas to people, not because you were sending a a, gaz- a quadrillion emails at 1 a.m. all at the same time, all copied and pasted. No. The benefit of this process is that you can look back on your daily work and know that you were successful in completing those tasks and you can iterate on the tasks. I relate it back to sports. I love sports. I love the the daily discipline of doing these drills, particularly in football. If you think about the cone drill, if you think about all the combine drills, you have to think how often people do those drills before the combine even even shows up. Think how many times you got to run the 40-yard dash. Think how many times you got to do the cone drill. Sure, you might be doing the cone drill every single day, but you're looking back, not just redoing, 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 but you have something to go off of. If you're just sending a thousand emails on Monday, June 1st, and then on October 1st you send the next a thousand emails, cool. I guess that works. But really, that only averages out to about two or three emails a day, maybe. And then you didn't even leave time to follow up. You didn't even spend time in the studio. You didn't spend time on your work. You didn't spend time on a portfolio. No nothing. You just blasted. And I'm saying this not like antagonistically. If that if that's the correct term I'm saying this because I've been there and I'm still there day to day. I'm getting better, I have a process I follow that process but it's tough because you think it's overnight because I think it's overnight but I'm what I'm here to do and why I'm so passionate about this is that we each should get under the get over the impression that it happens overnight and get into the impression that the daily compounded interest of the daily tasks that we complete will not only allow us, to develop a process that's sustainable into our 40s, 50s, 60s, so that when we have a family, we have a process that they can adhere to, that they can understand, and we're not just that crazy, mad, genius scientist that's up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. When we have a family, when we have a girlfriend, when we have a boyfriend, when we have kids, when we have parents, whatever we have that matters to us outside of the work, that's also a huge consideration for why, your process should be something you can point to. If it means that you have a routine, and Illmind talks about this a lot. Ilman is, I love his work because he brings a certain perspective to things, particularly in production, that I don't think has ever been shed before. A lot of producers think that it's waking up and, you know, going to shop, going to do whatever, get inspiration in the world, da-da-da-da-da, and then come back at 11 p.m. and make one beat, and that one beat is going to be the thing that Kanye picks up and it's going to be on his album. Nope. That's actually not the way it works. If you want to produce for other people, your time is going to be spent while someone else goes to work their 9-to-5. You wake up and you work your 9-to-5. And probably because their 9-to-5 is more stable and (laughs) their company has been around for way longer than your independent company, person of one has been around, You will need to work longer than a nine to five, and you will also need to do all the other roles that consist of a company. So what what I'm talking about today is less about to-do lists, less about which process is right for you, and more about understanding that the keys here, And just to wrap up, the keys here are in consistency and the ability to point to a process number two and the ability to think about yourself as a complete company and understand how to do all the tasks associated with that. So again, down with the to-do list, like get rid of it. Find something that's repeatable. Find something that allows you to reach 100% completion. And then you can point to someone else and show them what you're doing. Thanks again for checking us out. We're back later this week. Many more announcements to come. Thanks for checking